Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. I'm Pat Oni filling in for Andrew Coppins today as he is still out. Siak again. Um, hopefully he will be back on Monday, but until then you can follow him over at The Coppins Show. You can also follow him over on Instagram. Instagram is different for him. It's at Critical Thinking Show. Um, and then you can follow me over at the Patterny Show on all the social media channels. Again, no, no, uh, li- or video on Rumble today, um, just because Andrew is out. He's the one that pretty much does all of the video production. Um, you know, it's just kind of the way we have things set up between us, I guess. So he is uh, out. He'll be back. Hopefully, he'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, all is well. He just said that he's still coughing a lot and wants to get that under control before he comes back on the air. That being said, I'm actually kind of pissed at him right now. I, I, I'm a little, a little pissed at him for not being here today. Why? Because I really, 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 really wanted to talk sports. And I really, 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 really wanted to talk about college football. Specifically, Big Ten college football. And that's starting next weekend. And to go over some graphics that I found, um, that I, I found interesting to see what his reaction would be. And since today is Friday, I thought this would be a fun topic for a Friday because we're all sick and tired of the news. Right? Am I right? So I don't get to talk about sports today because it's really no fun to talk about sports by yourself. I'm little little salty, little salty about this because he's sick. Now, now here's here's the problem. Not only do we not have our normal 
Friday. We, we don't get to have like your typical fryer. We don't get to have the uh, typical fun game that we usually play in the front of the show, which, which varies from week to week anymore. We don't get to do any of that. We don't get to do any of that. I will still, however, do a Richard of the Week. Uh, I will still do a version of the B or not the B, which will me just be me uh, going over a Babylon B story for, for funsies. And I get all of Andrew's winnings for the month of August when it comes to um, Dominic Izzo's Ponzi scheme uh, MLM type money. So that, that he is one so far. I get all of his shares. So that just by default. So I will do that here after bit. But what, what irritates me even more is now I have to get into the news. I, I have to get into some of the crazy. No, 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 no. I, I can't even I can't even just say crazy. This is bat shit crazy stuff. I have to get into some of the news of the day in which, by the way, all the news stories I'm covering today are fryer worthy. So though we are not doing your typical fryer, these are all worthy of the fryer and not just the fryer. This this first one I'm going to cover here in just a second. I... The friar doesn't even do it justice. This should be like seventh circle of hell type burning of this story. And yesterday, like like I, I hated doing yesterday's show um, because we went over the total depravity of Fauci or um, and then we also went over um, the student loan transfer, if you will and the depravity of the Biden administration and how it's just going to contribute to all the inflation and contribute to the, the already recession that we're in and blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was so looking forward to having a fun day. So thank you so much, Andrew, for taking yet another day off to um, be sick again. But folks... I don't know how to describe the world that we live in other than the fact that it's it's evil. Our world is has become more and more evil throughout my life. I can actually, as I look back across my lifetime, I can see how the world has just become progressively more evil. And I could sit here and I could say we need God more than ever. And I believe that that to be true. Don't don't get me wrong. That is absolutely a fundamental truth. But with this kind of evil, I I wonder. I wonder how much God wants to have a play in, in, in the hands of America as a nation right now. I, I, I wonder. And as for as long as I can remember, the further we seem to go down the uh, path of evil, the more absence there is of God within American society. 
I mean, we, we can go back and look at all the different polls of, of church attendance over the last 20 years and just see the steady decline of church attendance. But I, I, I like to think that I'm a good person. I definitely know that, that Mrs. Pat is a good person. And as I look at this week, especially here lately, we have been talking about children for some time. And we wanted to have children, but unfortunately, we are not in a position to where we can have children without a little bit of help, medically speaking. And we were going over... Um, just last night, all the potential expenses that we are going to have to incur um, just to even have a, a shot at having a child. And in the wake of the student loan transfer, which I, cause I refuse to call it debt cancellation because it's just a transfer of debt, we are all now having to pay for college degrees that we didn't get we didn't go to school for we didn't earn and the person that went to school for that degree didn't earn on their own either i mean it's a novel concept really to pay your own way and maybe if we wanted to attack the student loan debt problem why not go after the institutions charging the arm and a leg for to just get a college degree why not start there and get the costs lower rather than having to take out loan after loan after loan but i'm getting off topic here we were going over all this and and we were going over all these expenses and <laughs> this is just to have a shot Yet we have people that shout their abortion, that are up in arms about Roe versus Wade being overturned. We have people pushing off their debts onto other people saying, you know, pay, pay for me, pay for me. Because I can't afford it myself. Then we have the last two and a half years of covid and the tyranny of COVID and Fauci and the Trump and Biden administrations. And it has just gotten progressively worse. Or so I thought until I saw this story today. Now, before I play this audio clip, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this for anyone that may be listening to this show right now. If you have small children within the room that shouldn't be listening to adult content of any kind, especially when it comes to sexually related content, turn this program off right now until you get them in a different room and then come back and hit play pause and then come back in a few minutes and then hit play 
Um, this is perhaps one of the most evil. No, 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 no. This isn't one of. This is perhaps. This is literally the most evil story I have seen in a long time. And that's that's saying something with Fauci in the news this week. Which, by the way, he will be a Richard of the Week nominee. That is saying something. What this is, is a clip of a licensed counselor and sex therapist who advocates for MAPS. Now, what is a MAP? MAP stands for Minor Attracted persons we know them as pedophiles yet here we have someone taking to social media defending these people just the brief two minutes of this is disturbing I I went and I, I found the full the full video. I, I can't. I, I just I, I couldn't in good conscience play it all here. And I if you go searching for this, I, I highly encourage you to do so with care. Because this one this one got me hot under the collar. I'll explain why in a minute, but let's let's just go ahead and play the clip. Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves, and this includes folks who are attracted to minors. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction, just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are, and you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons 
are also attracted to adults. I, I can't. I, I just, I can't, I can't do anymore. I can't. This person, whatever her name is, I don't even care what her name is anymore because it doesn't matter to me. She should be, well, should, first of all, have her license removed, period. And, and probably put in jail, prison, for advocating for crap like this. This therapist would not be allowed anywhere near my children or any member of my family for that matter. What she is describing is some of the most evil tendencies, thoughts, and emotions that exist in human culture. I'll, I'll even go as far as to say perhaps pedophiles have something wrong in their head like and they need therapy for it perhaps perhaps they do and if and if therapy can help them get out those bad thoughts and emotions especially about children and they can be a functioning member of society and and not break the law in any way just like everyone else then fine but this therapist and i i'm doing the air quotes because there's no way in hell i would ever call someone like this a therapist when you advocate that you don't get to decide what kind of feelings you have or who you're attracted to. You're doing it wrong. You know, we, we have a whole book that talks about how to do life. You know, it's kind of called the, uh, the, the Bible and explicitly of what not to do. And it also talks about what not to do sexually. That these were not things that were before God and that would be considered unclean before God if you were to do a lot of these acts. Pedophilia would be one of them. There is no way she should be a therapist. But let's, I, I want to talk about just, just the idea of love for, for just two seconds here. She, she made the comment that you can't decide whether or not you're heterosexual, homosexual, or a pedophile. And I'm not going to use the term maps because, th th no, just no. You're a pedophile, period. That is what that is. Let's call a spade a spade. There is no way I'm going down that road. So, you, you can't decide... You can't choose those feelings, which 
I said maybe that maybe that's true and maybe you need therapy for that sort of thing. Maybe that is a legit thing. I don't know. I'm not an expert when it comes to the the psychiatry or the psychology of those that happen to be pedophiles. I, I don't know. Perfect. Hopefully they can get the help that they need through psychological care and, and taking care of their mental health. Hopefully that is the case. I, I don't know if that's true for everyone. I, I don't know. I don't know. But to say that you don't have a choice to be hetero, homosexual, or pedophile, technically, yes, you do. Now, the feelings that you might feel or who you might be attracted to may not be something that you can just decide. But how you react to those feelings is something that is completely your choice. My, to prove my point, for those of you that are married, do you like your spouse every day? Do they make your life difficult sometimes? Have they ever made you question for two seconds on whether or not you should remain married to that person because of how difficult they can be? Have you ever questioned, do I love my spouse the same way as the day that I married them? Hopefully the answer is no. Hopefully that love has evolved over time and gotten stronger and you've gotten closer together if you're, if you're doing it right. Hopefully that is the case. But there's always a choice to be made. Some days my wife does not like me. Some days I don't like my wife. We get on each other's nerves. We annoy the hell at each other. There really is a fine line between love and hate. Now, I love and adore my wife. But there are moments where we just drive each other crazy. In those moments when you get angry or frustrated or annoyed with your spouse or partner, you have a choice. You have the choice to continue or discontinue that relationship. You have the choice to either work on that love and rekindle those flames and keep those flames alive or you can let them die. I suspect that it is very much the same kind of thing when it comes to those that aren't just heterosexual. Yes, you may have feelings, you may have attractions, you may have these things. But how you choose to react to them is, is what will define how you move forward. Now, with this story specifically, there, uh, there was, uh, I was reading something about how like, well, um, you know, not, not all pedophiles are... Or in this case, they were saying maps, but uh, not all not all of them uh, act on those feelings or do anything about it. But they find other outlets. What do you suppose those other outlets would be? I wonder. Could it possibly be? Gee, I don't know. Child pornography. Which, if you're doing child pornography, I mean. It's, you might as well be just a flat-out pedophile at that point, and you belong in prison. 
we have become a society that is is over sexualizing exposing our most innocent to some of the the greatest evils in this world and it scares me it scares me to become a dad because how do i protect my children from people like this this is in erie pennsylvania this could happen anywhere by the way folks there's there are stories just like this happening in utah right now and i just i i'm almost at a loss for words because yesterday we talked about depravity of our government and the fauci but now i'm starting to think they're a reflection of us as a people what is our total depravity are we so far gone that we can't stand up to people like this and make sure that people like this are shunned within our society that are kept away from our children Will it ever be perfect? No, it never. but it never has been. This is evil, folks. Evil. Call it for what it is. Call a spade a spade. Pedophiles have no place around our children. None. None. And if I ever found out that a pedophile was ever close to my child there would be hell to pay what this woman is advocating for and by the way my wife and i like to play the uh, your team game so you go out and you 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 find the uh ugliest person that you can find and you just look at the other person and go your team and I would tell I would definitely tell my wife this this chick is on her team. Um just nothing just absolutely crazy, but that doesn't matter. My point is, and this is I guess is the point I'm trying to make. She is as ugly on the outside as she is on the inside with this topic. Because this is an ugly topic. And if you're advocating for this, shame. For shame. We need God back so bad. So, so bad. Because the longer that this continues, the more we will continue to lose our society. But there is a way to get it back. And if you haven't checked out revivingliberty.com yet, you need to do so. Because it brings liberty back into American society. It is one of the founding principles, individual liberty, which in which our country was founded on. It is Andrew's manifesto. It is taking um, the principles of the past, but without being nostalgic, and applying them 
to today so that we can bring liberty back and that we can make sure that crap like this never happens because to be a society that has liberty we must be rooted in god we must have principles we must have values we must be um in in a uh position to where we can be a good and moral people because if we are not we will be doomed to lose it so go to revivingliberty.com that is revivingliberty.com or go to wherever your favorite podcasts are played and then share it far and wide. Andrew generally releases a new episode every Tuesday. Um, so check it out. It's revivingliberty.com. It'll be uh, running all the way all through the uh, 2022 midterm elections. So check it out. Revivingliberty.com. That is revivingliberty.com. All right. So let's get into, before I get into the uh, rest of the stories for today, because uh the the rest of the stories that I have are just a quagmire of stuff. Um, but let's play. Let's let's do a little bit of the B, the B or not the B. In which case, we are just doing the Babylon B today. Meet, or rather, today's headline: Meet gender studies major Chloe and seven under other underprivileged college grads whose loans you're paying off. We applaud you for stepping up and allowing the government to take your money and invest in the education of complete strangers, just as good and faithful Christians should. But it's easy to feel dis- disconnected from the people you're generously helping as the government forces you to help them. We want you to remember the human element. So we thought it would be a good idea to help people profile a few of the grads whose loans you're paying off. There are just a few of these less fortunate grads who went really who, who went to really expensive schools you're helping out. First one, Chloe Martin. Pronouns her C. Uh, age 25. Major Gender Studies. Emphasis on trans issues. Bio. Chloe grew up in the Hamptons and close to Boston University because it was like pretty and stuff. Uh, actually, let me try that again. Chloe grew up in the Hamptons and close to Boston University because it was like pretty and stuff. There is that. Is that is that better? By the way, let me know. Uh, hobbies: smashing the patriarchy, smashing windows for racial justice, and smashing right on dating apps. <laughs> Career: uh, NA because careers stand for a system of hetero normative capitalist whiteness and whiteness of most resumes makes her shrink away hissing debt $127,000 next you have Riley Adams pronouns are though them themselves age 27 but identifies as 11 major teachers education bio Though loves helping young people discover their identities and so much more, including sharing about themselves. Hobbies. Mailing puberty blockers to minors in states where it's illegal. Career. First grade teacher. Debt. $120,000. Next. XX121. Pronouns. Z. No. Morph. Uh age 711 
major implanting endoparasitic uh, embryos into host. Hailing from planet Zemorph, Prime XX121 can lull victims into complacency before pouring the, and taking them to the Xenomorph Queen. In other words, great with kids. Hobbies, hissing, shrinking, bleeding acid. Career unknown. Debt 200000 but will settle for four to five human hosts. And for those that, that, that may not know this because I'm not too familiar with these movies... Um, it's, it's referring to, um, the alien from alien or aliens or alien versus predator. If you are familiar with those kinds of movies next Phoenix blade pronouns are a, er, and ers or errors. I'm not really sure it's, no, it's a, er, and errors. Okay. That, that, that's how you say it. Uh, age 23 major social work. Areas of interest include advocacy and volunteering. Hobbies, advocacy, volunteering, and making a difference for the underprivileged through strategic hashtags and well-manicured posts. Career, online activism. Debt, 77000 Next, we have Kendall Wright. Pronouns, per, per, and per self. Uh, age, Decline to state because math presents systemic silencing of underprivileged voices. History. History of manspreading, mansplaining, and manner interruption. Bio. Passion for inclusive activism. Hobbies. Throwing bleach on crotches of men who manspread on the subway, in church pews, or in their own houses. Career. Victim's advocate and debt $49,000. Next, we have Reginald Abernathy III. Pronouns he and him. Age 58. Major financial planning. Reg's joke is that he works half days at a firm 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The student loan transfer was applied to him in air, but he didn't notice because he thought $10,000 influx was just part of his daily bonus for stock portfolio performance. Hobbies, wine tasting, tennis, golf. Career, senior private equity advisor. Debt, negative $2 million, Next, we have Bill Paxton, parentheses, no relation. Pronouns, uh, Zay, Zem, and Zerself. Age, 26. Major, Eastern European art history and romantic fiction. Bio, went to Rome to find herself and never returned. Hobbies, swim diving, checkers. Professional uh, career, professional gambler. Debt, $742,000. Well, there they are. Which one is your favorite? Try to collect them all and trade with your friends. I, 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 wow. I love the Babylon Bee sometimes, but uh, sometimes their satire just hits too close to home. But, you know, speaking of, uh, of the uh, weird generational differences and career choices uh I, I found this fun tidbit today um it's a graphic of 
young people who want to become social media influencers. And it breaks it down into the four quadrants of the United States. So Northeast, Midwest, West, and South. Okay. And it gives you a percentage of the population in each of those quadrants of those that want to become social media influencers. Guys, what, what happened to ever learning a skill? A skill that you can actually use for the rest of your life. A skill that you enjoy to use and find a career that you love and enjoy. Whatever happened to that? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for people advancing, innovating, creating new and different jobs. My job didn't exist, give or take, 10 to 15 years ago. Um, it, it didn't exist. Now there's a whole market for it. But I have a marketable job. I have marketable skills because of it. Social media influencing. You literally sit on what? TikTok all day long? And what do you do with the rest of your time? I mean, really, uh, what, what, what are we doing with our time? Are we, are we staying busy? Are we being productive? Are we being productive citizens of our society? Because when I see when the Northeast Quadrant has 38.89%, Midwest has 33.15%, West has 41.10%, and the South has 36.10%. That's a crap ton of people, folks, that are just wanting to be social media influencers for their careers. Yet, aren't a lot of these the same kids that are like, hey, I got to go to college. Will you uh, will you pay for my student debt, please? Because I can't afford it. I mean, some of these influencers are, are, are honestly making millions, which I'm frankly somewhat jealous of because it's like, man, I... I spent my life learning skills and trying to be a good contributing citizen to society. And I'm, I'm just at that generational difference where making videos online is not quite in my realm of expertise. I mean, I guess I could become one. Maybe I should try. Maybe, maybe I should give it a try see if I could make millions doing it that way. Screw going to work every day. What 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 do I have to lose? I mean, I mean, like like if, if we're just gonna keep going down this road of like let's just spend, 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 and spend more money, and who cares, you know, how much money everyone actually has? If we could all just make money, and make money, and make money, and make money, um, and do nothing with our lives at the same time, why not? Why not? I weep. For our country. I weep for our world. I weep for our culture. This is absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. Um, before I move into my last story of the day, uh, let's, uh, let's get to the uh, Richard of the Week nominees, shall we? <sighs> our first Richard of the Week nominee is going to be our Lord, Savior, President, Doctor, Trademark, or excuse me, Science, the Trademark, Anthony Fauci. For, well, really, if you listen to yesterday's show, you know why he's the Richard of the Week. 
he, he essentially went on to a Neil Cavuto show on Fox News, said he didn't recommend the shutdown for America, and yet he did recommend it to President Trump. I mean, he didn't execute it, but he did recommend it. And uh, being the uh, flip-flopper that he is and all the coronavirus stuff and just his total depravity and which he needs to be put uh, forth in a Nuremberg-style tribunal. So Fauci is on the list. Then we have the uh, map lady, the the, the lady that I just talked about in the first part of the show about uh, uh, going over... uh, what she considers to be minor attractive persons, which otherwise known as pedophiles. Then we have Joe Biden for, uh, you know, contributing more to our inflation and our recession by canceling student loan debt or excuse me, transferring student loan debt. And of course we have Vladimir Putin for his war crimes in Ukraine again. This week, though, I, I'm not going with Putin. I can't. I can't do it. I, I've got to go with our Lord, Savior, President, the science trademark, Anthony Fauci. And why am I choosing him over the uh, pedophilia lady? Because she was a very, very close second. Um, the reason Biden didn't make it is because, you know, this was something that he had promised during his campaign. Um, and which I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened sooner, considering. But then again, everything in politics is timing. And with the election coming up, if you're trying to buy some votes, it makes sense. Uh, so that's why he didn't make it. But um, why Fauci? In my mind, Fauci is a contributor to all of uh, America's pain and suffering in regards to our culture and society over the last two and a half years. Uh, he, and then to, to have the, the huevos, the cojones to go and, um, essentially say he has no regrets, has learned nothing and continues to push things like masks and getting the jab, which have contributed to, Worse things than even COVID itself. He belongs on that list. He, he is the Richard of the Week winner because of those things. And since Andrew's not here to, to dispute me, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go with Fauci. So, but yeah, isn't it crazy that um, the, the number of influencers, by the way, Stories like this and stories like the uh, pedophilia therapist in the in the beginning um, really make me more pissed off that Andrew is not here today to talk about sports like I wanted to. Woosa. Woosa. Um, I had other stories, but I've only got, really got time for one more today. So I'm just going to get to this one. Um, I, I saw yesterday that uh, California expected is expected to ban the sale of new gas cars. For those of you that live in California, get out. Get out now and leave your BS politics behind because California does not deserve 
your tax dollars. It does not deserve your, your way of life. It just, just does not deserve you. It doesn't. Take your business, take your family, get the hell out, but leave your politics behind because your politics is what got you into this trouble to begin with. But how California is going to, to get rid of gasoline-powered cars, they're going to do so by 2035, and they're expected in an unprecedented plan um, to be passed by the state regulators in a vote on Thursday, so yesterday. Uh, the ban, which would be... Uh, one of the first of its kind in the world was proposed by California Air Resources Board in April to achieve Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom's goal of reducing emissions by eliminating the sale of gas cars by 2035. The climate crisis is solvable if we focus on the big, bold steps necessary to stem the tide of carbon pollution. Uh, California's plan is to the sale of gas-powered vehicles by the middle of next decade, also carriers with benchmarks to hit along the way. Under the plan, California will require 35% uh, new vehicles sold to produce zero emissions by 2026, 68% of cars by 2030, and finally hitting 100% of new cars by 2035 used cars however would not be affected by this plan look i'm all for the idea of electric vehicles i'm all for of getting away from gas-powered vehicles i'm all for it actually truly but i don't know that it would be sustainable by 2035. Now, granted, that is what, 12 years or no, 13 and a half ish years away. So, is it theoretically possible that we could have an infrastructure that could sustain electric powered vehicles by 2035? Sure, sure, it's, it's possible. I don't know how likely it is, but it is at least possible. Will it be further along than what it is now? Sure. Sure. I I would say, yeah, like like we would we we should in theory have a better infrastructure. But here's here's my question: Are you going to be able to sell vehicles that hold a charge? What happens when those batteries go bad? Can they make cross country trips? Can they make California is a big state? Can they can they make trips across California? Can we get fast charging battery stations? Can we do things like that? Uh, can we, uh, what, are, what are repair costs going to be like for these cars? What are, what are the costs of these cars going to be like in general? Are they going to be um, comparable to cars today? Are they going to be cheaper? Are they going to be more expensive? I mean, what what is it? Because the problem with this story isn't the fact that, oh, hey, let's, let's, let's try to get to X amount of electric cars sold by 2035. That, that's not the problem. The problem is, is it sustainable? From a, And it's not just sustainable on any one in particular issue. Is it sustainable from an economic issue? Is it sustainable from an energy issue? Is it sustainable on a um, constituent basis? So the people you represent. Is it sustainable for them and their families? Is it sustainable? I don't have the answers to that. 
And because I don't have the answers to that, I'm going to guess they don't have a lot of answers to this either. Um, and a lot of politicians will claim they've done the homework and they've done the research. And a lot of times they, they end up being wrong. So what happens when you're wrong? This is why I don't, I just, my thing with this story is that I don't believe the government has a place to dictate no more gas powered cars by X amount of date. I don't think it has that right because it's going to depend on what is sustainable for our economy, our, our individuals and families. Um, and, and from an energy standpoint, is it going to be a sustainable thing? Those are the questions that we need to ask. And if there's any question of that, whether or not that's going to happen by 2035 or not, I don't know. But the way you get there is do it with the market, not with government. Because if you do this with the market, then you've increased a demand for these kinds of things. Which the demand for electric vehicles is steadily going up and it has gone up over time there are more electric vehicles now than ever but the thing is it must be sustainable on multiple multiple levels um, it's not something the government should ever dictate and because there's question of it the free market should be able to especially if the goal is by 2035 if we did this right the market should be able to help you get there by 2035 not the government. Therefore, there should not be a government law when it comes to this. Period. So, there you have it. And yes, for those of you that are wondering why, I, because I did have the story of uh, some Biden and Mar-a-Lago stuff pulled up and from the whole Mar-a-Lago raid, I really, really wanted to avoid that story today because A, it's Friday, and B, we've heard this story on just about every other show all week long so i wanted to do some different things um unfortunately um much of it today was not what i wanted to necessarily cover but it was important and it's important to understand this is where our culture is going and to critically think through where we are as a culture and to think about how you in your home with your family can fix that can right the ship of where it is right now it's something that my wife and i do frequently and it's something that we talk about as we are hopefully preparing to have children of our own um our our culture is very slowly wasting away and we need to be very very careful very careful of how we proceed with our future on multiple levels too it's not just on faith and religion it's not just on um, moral issues it's not just on politics it's not just on economics it's not just on energy it's all of it we we must stop and critically think through these things and not just give into whatever our feelings are at the time if we do these things and we put our faith in god we can get on, I have faith that we can get back on the right track. I really do. I really do. And I'm going to leave you with that for today. Have a great weekend. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And we'll see you on Monday.